Hey, I'm Camille Joy, and I'm the host of the Moments of Joy podcast. This podcast is dedicated to super moms that don't always feel so super, trauma victims that need an example of how God will pull you through, and those of you that are looking for a little joy. When we go through really hard times, we often feel like nobody can relate. But here on this show, we keep it real in transparency, we keep it real in support, and we keep it real in love for mamas all over the globe. Welcome to the show. I need the joy, the joy of the Lord in my heart. I need to make an exchange, Mm -hmm. my day even start, let your light shine. Welcome back to another episode of the Moments of Joy podcast. I'm so excited to have yet another week with you, MVP. You know how we start the top of every episode, and that is with me greeting my most valuable players. They are the ones who share the episodes on their social media stories. They are the ones who um, leave comments and Uh, connect with me on Instagram. They are the ones that share the show and all the things. It's you guys. They are the ones who come back and listen every single week. So thank you so much for um, being a part of this community and making it do what it do. So this week's episode of the podcast is titled Comparison Girl. I'm sitting down with mom and author Shannon Popkin. She is an amazing author of several books, Control Girl, Comparison Girl and Influence. But the most impactful to me was Comparison Girl. Because how many of us as moms and as women have experienced comparing ourselves or maybe even our children to someone else? So ladies, sit back because we're going to get into a real raw discussion about comparison. All right? So without further ado, let's get into today's episode on the Moments of Joy podcast. I am so excited to have with me today author and speaker Shannon Popkins. Welcome to the Moments of Joy podcast. Oh, thanks so much, Camille. It's such a joy to be with you. Thank you. I am so excited to have you. I I found out about who you were from a dear friend of mine, um, her bringing you on, her talking about your books. And and so I just dug into who you were um, for myself (laughs) and found out other books that you authored. (laughs) And I said, I have to have you on the show. So would you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Who are you? Sure. Well, and I got to mention our friend, uh, Sana, right? I mean, she's so much fun. And Sana tagged me and said, I'm going to be talking about this book I'm reading. And she was, she was in this exploration trying to find her birth family and how God had used the study that I wrote about control and how she was realizing like, oh, she, she wanted to control the situation. And she realized like the timing wasn't right. It was like the coolest thing. I remember I just was like mesmerized listening to her story and thinking like, wow, God used I had, I just never, it turned into a whole movement because she, she's like still to this day talking about 
being a control girl. So of any of her That's... friends, if she notices something, she'd be like, you're being oh. a control girl. <laughs> well, I have to tell you that my uh, kids also do that to me. <laughs> They'll say, uh, mom, I believe you're acting like a control girl now. And my husband occasionally will too, but it's kind of funny. But um, yeah, so she's a blessing. And I'm so glad that she connected us together. But yeah, so my name's Shannon Popkin and I live in Michigan, West Michigan. And my husband and I, um, okay, so it's it's almost June, and June twenty uh, fourth we will be celebrating twenty five years of marriage. So, wow. oh my goodness, I just said the twenty fourth. What was this? The twenty second. I've had twenty five years to get that right, and why would I say the wrong day? I'm sorry. <laughs> we do 22nd. right, honey. If you're listening, I do know our anniversary. Um, so, and then our kids. We have one who's graduated from college, one who's in college, and one who is still in high school. Yeah. Wow. So you know all too well everything there is to know about being a mom. Oh, well, <laughs> I don't know everything. Right, but I right. know it's hard. I know it's a lot of work. <laughs> I remember saying, um, I'm not a parenting expert or anything like that. And someone said, well, you are the parenting expert for your children. That's right. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. And I do think God matches us with our kids and gives us the kids that he wants, you know, I mean, he uniquely gifts us to parent our own particular kids. So absolutely. that's encouraging, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I think about um, my little Mason and our journey. I'm like, well, God, you, you are molding me and shaping me to be his mom. You yes. know? Yeah. Totally different. Think as we parent our kids, we get parented by God, you know? Oh, wow. <laughs> I love yeah. that. Yes, absolutely. Because we just realize how, like we, we get to understand how the father loves us the way you love your little Mason Mm -hmm. and and the, and the other four boys as well, but you love them each uniquely. And that's how God feels about us. Absolutely. We get parented. Yes, absolutely. So one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the podcast was because I noticed that you've written another book and it was called comparison girl. Uh huh. Yeah, I got a copy right here. (laughs) There's that book, Comparison Girl. And I heard you speak about this book and um, really tie it into motherhood in your journey. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have to have her come on and really speak to the heart of the mom because we compare so Mm -hmm. much, so much so many different ways in motherhood. Mm-hmm. So I would love for you to um, talk about that book a little um, mm-hmm. and how you got started. What made you get started first? You know, I think it probably did start as a young mom. I ha- you know, a major issue with comparing. I remember sitting in my car one day, uh, I think I was feeding a baby, just had pulled over um, in a parking lot to feed him. And then I was, I was, and I was still in my pajamas. I had dropped my daughter off at kindergarten. I'm in my pajamas and I'm uh, in this in this parking lot and watching all of these really professional looking women getting out of their cars in their beautiful like clothes and their heels and their hairs all done click 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 walking into the building and I'm thinking wow they're gonna go do something really important today and I'm gonna go home and do something that I have done every day (laughs) for a very long time and I'm gonna change diapers and I'm gonna wipe little noses and I'm gonna read little books and man, I just don't feel like I'm doing anything worthwhile. Um, And and so it was really, you know, I had gone to college and this is just not, I, I was not using any of my education, any of my, 
you know, none of my, this isn't what I dreamed of doing. I, I had always wanted to be a mom, but I just kind of felt like it was a less than sort of way to, to spend my life. Um, and there was another time right around that season in life when I, I ran into a, a girl from high school. And she was telling me, you know, we were just catching up. Oh, what are you doing now? What are, you know, and she said, well, I was going to have another baby, but I decided, you know what, my life has been on hold long enough. And as she went on to talk about like these, these, you know, career goals that she had, she's going to go do something important now with her life. And I, and I walked away from that conversation thinking like, wow, I wonder if she realizes like, I'm just doing that too. <laughs> you know, like it's, like, is that, it kind of feels like an indictment. Like we're not, none of us are doing anything important. And, and I, um, I remember just really seeking God's word in that time and finding these little statements that Jesus would say that brought me really comfort. And I, there, I was really drawn to them. Um, and I couldn't have told you why I hadn't really sorted all, all out in my mind, but I just knew that there were times when um, Jesus would say these upside down statements. And one of them was um, the last will be first and the first will be last. And I, and I would think, you know, moms really put themselves last quite a bit. You know, we take care of everybody else before ourselves. We put ourselves last quite a bit and we lift others up and put them first, lift little babies up, <laughs> put them first quite a bit. And uh, there was one time I was, and I, I remember looking through the gospels and I would look for the red letter verses because those were the words that Jesus said. And I was looking for those kind of, I wanted more of those, you know, and I would find them. Um, so there was one that says the greatest among you is the servant of all. And I'm like, well, I am the servant of all here <laughs> in this house, in this room. That is me. That describes me right here. And, and Jesus says, that's great. Like that, that's intriguing to me. That's, that's, um, that's comforting to me. So I was like latching onto those. And then I read one story where uh, the disciples were arguing with each other about who was the greatest. They were walking, they were out on a road walking, and then they got to a house. And now I've studied that passage quite a bit and it, it was in Capernaum, which is where Peter lived. And so we're pretty sure that the house that they gathered in quite a bit was Peter's house. So you kind of picture them all getting to the house. And when they were in the house, Jesus turned to them and said, hey, what were you guys talking about on the road? And nobody said anything because they, they, they knew they weren't supposed to be arguing about who's the greatest. I mean, they were disciples, right? They, and, and so then um, Jesus said, hey, gather around. We're going to have a little teachable moment here. And he says, basically, you want to be great? Here's what greatness looks like. Um, and, and you know what he used as an object lesson? He took a little baby from the room, probably Peter's baby or somebody's baby, uh, maybe Peter's sister, his nephew or something, and took this little baby and set the baby down in the middle of the room with all those big disciples around, you know? Um, and the baby, I don't know, I, I anticipate the baby start crying, feeling a little bit insecure or whatever. So Jesus leaned down and he picked up the baby. And he says, this is, this is what greatness looks like. Whoever receives a baby, that word receive, you know, it's like receiving a baby into your hands, into your arms, into your life. Um, this is, if you receive a baby, you receive me. Now, there's something interesting. I think probably Peter don't you think, I mean, Camille, of what you know of Peter, don't you, <laughs> don't you think he was probably arguing that he was yes, the greatest? He was I a mean, big 
you just can kind of picture Peter, you know, being like, no, I'm the greatest. And I picture him saying, of course, I'm the greatest because we're staying at my house. Yeah. You know, we're, I'm the one who's hosting Jesus. You know, he, James and John lived in that town too. Mm-hmm. And Peter had a brother, Andrew, none of them were hosting Jesus. No, Peter was the one. And so I could picture him saying, well, I'm the host of Jesus. And wouldn't you kind of feel important if you were the host yeah. of Jesus? <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. if I had to, if True, I got probably. to have, yeah. I mean, and yeah. maybe he was coming to my town and there were other people at my church or whatever who could host Jesus, but I got to be the one to host it. I feel pretty important. Mm-hmm. And so that word receive, it's like, that's either receiving someone hospitably into your home, but it can also be receive a baby. So I think Jesus is saying something to Peter here. Yeah. Whoever who, and, and the rest of the disciples. And he says, whoever receives a little baby receives me. That's all of us. We all get to, if we receive a little baby, it's like the same as hosting Jesus in your home, you know, and, and that just lifts up motherhood, doesn't it? Mm. So we, we live in a culture that motherhood is not celebrated. It's yeah. not, you know, I've never, I've never really felt like, oh, wow, I've arrived. I have status because I'm a mom. <laughs> you <Yeah. know? laughs> that's it, just not, that's I not think, our culture. I think what you spoke of really touched my heart in that run-in that you had with a friend Um, because Mm. so many moms, you know, we're all on the, on a different what spectrum (laughs) of motherhood. You know, some of us are just coming into it and barely holding on and trying to find our footing in this thing. And so many people would have walked away just saying as you did, you know? And I think what you just ended with um, for motherhood, just being something that's not often celebrated. I think it's okay. Now something happened in, in the time uh, where it used to be celebrated if you have children, more than one, two, yeah, three, four, yeah, five, six, right. seven, eight, nine, ten. My uh-huh. grandmother had 10 kids. My, yep. my other grandmother had six. Today, yep. if you say you have six children, they're like, what in the world is wrong with you? Don't say 10. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yes, but it's yeah. everyone's choice. And that's where that comparison comes in again. Yes, yes. How many children we have is a big deal. I remember as a young mom, a woman, uh, an older, wiser woman told me that um, every every healthy woman should expect to have between 12 and 18 children. Wow. And I was like, oh my goodness. (laughs) And she, I think she had like 15 at the time or something like that. And I was like, so I, I have to tell you, Camille, I do right. not have 15 children. Right, I do not right, have 18 right. children. And it's not because I, my body couldn't handle it, but my brain couldn't handle it. My, yeah. I don't have that sort of capacity. Mm-hmm. And I didn't feel that God called us, my husband and I to that. And so mm-hmm. I think we need to give each other freedom. Like yeah, that, God, it. God does not call us all to do parenting the same way. And, and I tell you, my, my little boys, when they were toddlers, they were worth like six little boys in, in the, what, the, what it took to parent them. They were busy. They were big personalities. They were naughty. Yeah. They had a, there was yeah. just a lot of parenting to be done. Mm-hmm. And so I just think, you know, we, we just, it's, if here's, here's how I say it. If you can't find a verse to support that in the Bible, Mm-hmm. then let's just not impose that on each other, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because there are a lot of moms in the Bible who just had one baby. Yeah. Sarah just had one. Yeah. Hannah just had one. 
Yeah. Um, the, and so if we wouldn't look at their life and say that they were less than, mm-hmm. we shouldn't. And also those who would love to have a baby and cannot. Yeah. Jesus like never forget about them. I know. Jesus never had a baby yeah. of his own. And so if you would not look at Jesus's life and call his life less than significant, then please don't say that about your own. Why, you why know, do they do that to women, right? I know. And it's just we we don't always get what we want in this life you know often we don't often it doesn't turn out the way that we hoped Uh, but we all have equal opportunity to serve in this life and that's what jesus lifts up as greatness in the kingdom of god serving so like picture again those disciples all crowded in peter's living room or whatever it was you know Mm -hmm. and jesus is saying oh you want to be great here's what you do you pick up a baby yeah. So if there's some mom listening today, who's like, who, if you've picked up a baby today yeah. and, and you picture yourself in that room with the disciples, Jesus could point to you and say, oh, you want to be great? Look at her, pick up a baby, do what she's doing. That's just, all of us have opportunities to serve. We might not be picking up a baby. Maybe we're picking up a laptop to get back to work. Maybe we're picking up a broom. Maybe we're, whatever we're picking up um, to serve, we all have opportunity uh, for greatness in the kingdom because we all get to serve somebody that is an awesome take and an awesome way to look at that um, story mm-hmm. servanthood that is what we're doing you know we yeah. are serving everyone in our homes not just our children our yeah. spouses if we are um, married the friends of our children that'll come over right absolutely that's our mission field right yeah yeah welcoming those kids in and being the mom who's like yep you can come over for dinner again you know like that would be great to have just that open and and every person that you receive jesus says whoever you have received you receive me mm-hmm. so just opening your door opening your home opening your arms opening your life as a friend you're you're receiving jesus you're receiving the honor of serving jesus yes absolutely that is a beautiful take on that and i love it as we dive into um comparison girl can you think about one time in your life where it was really who you were such a comparison girl? Mm, yeah. I mean, honestly, I still really struggle with it. It's not like I can say, Oh, well back then I was a comparison girl. Like I, I struggle. You and I were talking at the beginning and I'm comparing like your hair looks perfect and mine yeah. doesn't, you know, like, yeah. I can, I have the potential to spend all day, every day distracted mm-hmm. by the women around me who are doing it better, doing it different. You know, they're, they seem like they have it all together and, and, you know, don't we just kind of project that through our social media? We share, yeah. we share the highlight reel and we look in and our lives are so almost secluded from each other. We don't even see like, so, um, I mean, I, there have just been different times where I have felt like I, you know, I, I felt the disapproval of others. I felt like I didn't measure up to them. I felt, felt like, um, I felt like an outsider, like I wasn't included. And that started way back as a little girl. You know, yeah. I just remember 
there was a time at um, sixth grade camp. I went to sixth grade camp and I was looking over at these girls in the other side of the corner. And we, it was our elementary schools were all coming together for this camp and we we're supposed to get to know different friends. And, and I'm looking over at these girls and um, just watching them talk and how they dressed. And they were talking about the cute boys. And I was pretty sure that the mm. cute boys were talking about them. And I was like, I am just never going to measure up to them and just kind of retreating into my corner. And I remember going to that sixth grade camp, like all happy to be with my friends and like happy go lucky. Oh, and, and here's the thing. The girls over there in the corner were talking about how it was so much better to shower at night than in the morning. It was just way better to shower at night. And I'm over here thinking like, I was not planning to shower at all. This is camp. I didn't bring a towel. I didn't bring any soap. I was not planning to take a shower. And I was feeling all like, oh my goodness, what are they going to think of me by the third day? The girl who doesn't shower at all. And and I just wanted to retreat. I just felt so like I will never measure up. And I felt all icky, like all those icky feelings about going to middle school. Oh my gosh. And, and, you know, I think that's around the time in life that it starts. Don't you? Like it's Mm. when our eyes start to open to, oh, there's differences. Like as little kids, we all play together. Like if somebody asks you as a little kid, can you dance? You're like, oh, I can dance. You know, I know how to dance, but then you get a little older and you're like, oh, I don't think I can dance. At least me. (laughs) I don't know if I can dance. You can dance, Camille. I've seen you. (laughs) I've seen you on Instagram, but um, I mean, I don't know. There are just different ways that we, we compare and measure. And so I think we could spend our whole life like a sixth grader backing into the corner and mm-hmm. never go out and explore camp, never go out and make new friends, never go out and, and discover like who we actually are. And that's exactly, I think what our enemy wants for us. Yes. He wants wow. us to feel distracted. He wants us to pull away from each other, you know, distracted by we have a purpose in this life and it's not to be stuck Mm. in the corner of a cabin at camp, right? Right, We have a purpose to go out and live. So here's, here's the little metaphor that I like to use when I talk about comparison. I have this little measuring cup. Mm -hmm. And so if, if our listeners can't see us, it's a, like one of those glass measuring cups that has the red lines on the side. And so what I want you to do is picture your life like this measuring cup. And I want you to, to picture the fact that God is the one who shaped your measuring cup. Like some of us have tall, skinny measuring cups and others of us have short, thicker measuring cups. We, it's all different sizes and shapes. And everything that is in your measuring cup has been put there by God. All of your gifts and your talents and your aptitudes, your background, the family that you come from, the experiences you've had, the opportunities that, that the doors that have opened to you, all of that is mingled into your cup. And here's what the world wants for you to do. The world says, take your measuring cup and put it next to somebody else's and always be comparing and measuring and asking like, how do I measure up? And, and then it's like a setup. It's like, it's a setup because even if we do measure up, we feel superior and we pull away like, oh, those people are beneath me, right? If we don't measure up, we pull away and we feel inferior and, and, we, and yeah. we just pull away from each other and we either judge or we feel insecure and inadequate. And that, that is exactly the opposite of what Jesus would call us to. Jesus says, Hey, look at this measuring cup. Do you see it has a spout here? Mm. He, he turns our attention to the spout and he says, come live the li- life the way I did. You know, how did Jesus live his life? Uh, Philippians two says that he entered our world, not, thinking that equality was a thing to be grasped, 
you know, Jesus was equal to God. If yeah. Jesus had a measuring cup, it would be completely brimming full. It'd be like bigger than the whole world, you know, it'd be completely full. Jesus measured up in every single way, but that's not what he, he didn't come like grasping his measuring cup. Like I have to prove that I am the greatest in ever. No, Jesus like came, right. he humbled himself. Like, and he, he didn't, you know, I, I, he could have chosen whatever sort of body he wanted to live in, but, um, Isaiah says that there was nothing about him that was special in his, you know, his physical appearance. He was probably kind of plain and uh, there was nothing that would draw us to him. And he was not, he he didn't come from wealth. He didn't, he was, he was from a poor family. He was born in a, laid in a manger when he was born. Right. And he, his father was a carpenter. He didn't, he didn't come from, and he was a people group that was oppressed. Right. Roman oppression. And so Jesus, Jesus grew up in this humble sort of way. And then he took all of that greatness and he served people. He, he traveled and he healed their sicknesses. And then on the cross, he completely emptied his life out. And that's what he calls us to do. Yeah. He's, he's the one. And you know, here's the thing. You have stuff in your cup, Camille, that I don't have in my cup. And I have stuff and I have stuff in my cup that you don't have in your cup. And God did not give us these differences so that one of us would feel better than the other mm. and the other was, w- of us would feel inadequate. No, he gave us these differences so that I could come and, oh, here, let me pour into you. And you could come, oh, let me pour into you. And, and see how that, that draws us together. That doesn't divide us. That, that pulls us together. Yeah, we're different and it's on purpose. You know, we, we're not uniform. God is not into uniformity. God's yeah. into diversity. He loves variety. I mean, look at creation. Look yeah. at the different kinds of birds and flowers and landscapes. We're all different. People are different. We're all yeah. different. We all have a different something in our measuring cup, but it's not meant to measure ourselves. Uh, it's meant to pour out. And so like, if you as a mom think of your measuring cup uh, tipped to one side, like just picture it ready to pour out, ready to pour out into the kids um, that God has given you or into the other moms in your life or into your work or into your community, picture that measuring cup ready to pour. And suddenly the lines don't matter anymore. Mm. They're irrelevant. When you tip it, you you can't both be measuring yourself and pouring yourself out at the same time. So, and then just one more thought about Jesus is that Jesus completely emptied himself on the cross. Like completely poured his life out and God said that because of his great humility he was given the name that is above all names so that is what greatness looks like in the kingdom of God so if we're if all we have to do is take what we've been given not what somebody else has been given take what we've been given and pour it out and inspire other people to do what they're called to do like hey I'm not good at this you are good at that I think you should do that and I should do this and hey let's inspire each other and let's all pour out what we've been given yeah. I love and, that. <laughs> and, and don't you like Camille, I just notice in my, sometimes I go speak for moms groups and don't you yeah. notice that moms are, are really kind of critical of themselves Yes, and Absolutely. each other. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and it's because they Absolutely. see the other moms doing it different. Yeah. So, so give me some examples of what yeah. you see. Cause you're, I you tell with moms a lot. Yeah. Like even down to the simplest thing of how, what we feed our children, if I'm not organic and you are, or yes. if I don't like disposable diapers, I use cloth diapers and you use, or, mm-hmm. and you use 
and you use disposable or if I make my baby food and you don't make your baby food even when our kids are growing up you know teenage years are just unpredictable yes and very difficult and Mm so um I can imagine even I was a mom when I was 16 years old and showing up in my home my Mm -hmm. mom was one of the judgmental moms until Mm -hmm. that rocked her world and Mm -hmm. you know upside down and and she became very humble and non-judgmental because of it Mm -hmm. um but I think we just all should be very sensitive to each other's life my son is on my son is um autistic and um at one point he was on medication so I mean, I'm sure I would have been dragged through the mud if I would have announced that. (laughs) Yes. And I mean, goodness, God equipped you to be Mm -hmm. the mom of that little boy. That's right. Um, And and so like just this, if if you, again, if you can't find a verse in the Bible to support your position about whether it's baby food or diapers, I don't really know any verses about baby food. (laughs) Right. Right. I mean, I you know, you can find a supporting verse to whatever, but, right. but really, you know, there are things that, that are wrong, you know, and that the mm-hmm. Bible speaks against, and right. we should encourage each other to, you know, not be sinning in our homes, but if it's, if it's not a sin issue, like, mm-hmm. let's give each other grace and freedom. Hey, you know what? That's your choice. You, right. that's great. And um, if you want to know more about how I'm doing it, that's fine. Right. We can talk about it. We can talk about our differences, but they are not value statements. Like let's get, because if they're value statements, we're back at looking at the lines, Yeah. you know, and let's say you're, so you have this skill, you've learned a lot about mothering an autistic child. Mm-hmm. And if, if all you're doing is looking at the lines and feeling like judged or feeling misrepresented or whatever, like then you're, you're not going to be willing to like pour yourself in. Oh, there's another mom yeah. who just found out sh- her child is on the spectrum. So okay. like, Hey, how can I support you? How can I use what I've learned to lift you up and share with you and not impose the, mm-hmm. you know, my choices on you, but I am an open book. I would love to share with you what I've learned. I'd love mm-hmm. to encourage you in this journey. Um, and then, you know, trusting that other moms, even though if they don't have, if autism isn't their challenge, if you have a teenager, you got challenges. (laughs) You've got challenges. And just, I think if we can be vulnerable and share our challenges with each other, Mm -hmm. it just invites vulnerability. It might not look exactly the same, you know, but, but saying, you know what, this has been a really hard journey with autism for me, or this has been a really hard journey. I've got a kid who's cutting I've got a kid who's being bullied. I've got a kid who's experimenting with drugs or sexuality. I've got a kid, you know, whatever it is we're facing. That's that's what, that's the topics. Those are the conversations that we need as moms to have without receiving judgment, right? Exactly. Yeah. And I want to circle back to what you said about your mom and um, because I've, I have grown up in the church. Mm-hmm. I was a church girl. I mean, we started going to church when I was two years old. And so I've been in the church as long as I can remember. And I have always loved church. So I feel particularly called to church ladies, mm-hmm. ladies who've been around the longest and who feel really comfortable. We know our Bibles and we know right and wrong. <laughs> and yeah. we often are the ones who are the most critical and judgmental. Yeah. 
Yeah. Those of us who've been around the longest. And, you know, here's what I've discovered because that is in my heart too. Mm-hmm. I am drawn to that because you know what it is? When I am judging someone else and criticizing her, you know what I'm doing? Yeah. I'm lifting myself up. Yeah. I'm lifting myself up because I cannot compare down without le- elevating myself. And, mm. and any, any sort of disgust in my tone, yeah. there's condescension in that. Mm. There is, there, and, and in the moment, that I am speaking from a place of superiority and condescension and judgment when I'm lifting myself up because somebody else is doing it wrong. Well, then in that moment, I am the one who's wrong. If there is something that Jesus spoke against, it is superiority, condescension, and disgust. You know, you remember that parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector? They both go to the temple and they're, and they're there praying and the, and the tax collector, he feels like this sinner and he like can't even lift his head and he's just over, you know, he's just crying out to God. He just, he's this sinner, right? Yeah. And the Pharisee is looking over at him and he's praying loudly to God. God, I thank you like that I'm not like him over there. Mm. And he's listing out all the things he does right and all the things that that guy does wrong. And he feels justified. He, what he doesn't realize is he is in God's, presence and the person who elevates themselves in God's presence does not understand God and does not understand their sin right Mm -hmm. and Jesus says that that man left the temple and he was not justified but the one who was justified is the one who's humbling himself so those of us who feel uh in you know it's just in us to judge others to criticize to hold ourselves up as superior it's just that we haven't been humbled yet and, and now I think humbled is an interesting word because humbled is when it happens to us, but what God invites us to is when we humble ourselves, right? Okay. Not when we're humbled just by situations. It sounds like your mom chose, you know, to be a humble woman of God. Yes, and that, that's what li- is lifted up in God's eyes is when we, I call it littling ourselves, mm-hmm. like not belittling ourselves but making ourselves small, like being the smallest person in the room. Like I'm here to lift you up. I'm here to see you. Yeah. That's, that's what God says is great in the kingdom of God. Yes. I love it. Thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate this pour, this outpour that you have given us today. Before we wrap it up, I would just love for you to give a special nugget of encouragement to the mom who is listening and really, really struggling with comparing herself and not really valuing who she is as a mom and what she has to give. Okay. Can I give you just like three little thing, three little questions to ask yourself? Okay. Three little things, because I think, um, all three of these are parts of setting ourselves free. So if you're just feeling all trapped and, and icky about being a mom and feeling, judged or insecure or whatever. First thing I think is ask yourself, am I just too focused on me? You know, am I just too focused on these lines? You know, just always like, because when we're comparing with ourselves, really our focus is on ourselves, <laughs> right? We might be glancing side around the room, but we're really thinking about like, what are they thinking of me? How am I measuring up? How am I being judged? How am I being misperceived? And, you know, and really, um, what Jesus calls us to is this me free living, you know, so, so the spout emptying ourselves. So the first question is, am I just too thinking about, am I just too busy thinking about myself? And the second question is, who can I be vulnerable with? 
you know, you and I talked about that, Camille, like, who can I empty or who can I open my heart up to and share what's really going on? Because when we're pulling away from each other, it's really hard to deal with our comparison issues just all on our own. We need each other. We need community and vulnerability opens the door for community. So who can I be vulnerable with and share these feelings of inadequacy and security? And then the third one is, who can I serve today? You know, if, who can I who can I pour myself into? Whether it's my kids, whether it's a neighbor, whether it's a friend in my church, who can I focus on other than myself? You know, how can I activate this spout? And what do I have uniquely in my cup that is different than the others in my group? Because that's what I've been given to serve. You know, maybe it's something in my background. Maybe I've gone through something that you know, others haven't gone through, you know, Camille, you said you, you went through teenage pregnancy. Well, you are more equipped then to go serve at maybe a teenage pregnancy center than me. Cause I didn't go through that, you know? So, and maybe I have a different experience that I can serve with. So whatever it is in our cup asking, how can I serve somebody with this today? How can I pour myself out? How can I lift them up? So let me just recap. Am I just too focused on me? Who can I be vulnerable with and how can I serve somebody today? Thank you so much. You are such a dynamic speaker. I am so glad that you agreed to be on the podcast today. Aww, Thank you so it's much my for pleasure. Coming. Thank you, Camille. You're welcome. Mamas, if you are listening, I am so thankful to you for being here today. And I hope that you were encouraged by Ms. Shannon Popkins. Go ahead and grab her book comparison girl control girl are there any other books they should know about oh you know i did write a book called influence that is for speakers and writers or in anybody like small business owners anybody who's building a platform it's the subtitle is building a platform that elevates jesus not me yes thank you so much so when we're getting ready to wrap up and always remember moms that you always have the option to choose joy Alrighty, bye-bye. <laughs>